Welcome to the Maintainable Nails Podcast, where we explore the art of healthy and sustainable nail care with both industry experts and best-in-show upkeepers. I'm your host, Robbie Russell. On this episode, we speak with Erica Tafavoti, who is a food blogger, beverage temperature connoisseur, and host of the Unwell with Erica podcast. Erica joins us today from Portland, Oregon in the United States of America. Before we get into this episode, I just want to please disclaim that we will talk about feet in particular. If you are uncomfortable with feet, this might not be your episode. Let's get into it. Erica Tafavoti, welcome to Maintainable Nails. We're so delighted to have you join us and talk shop with us. I am excited to be here and talk about all things nails. So what do you believe are a few common characteristics of, dare I say, well-maintained nails? I think that the person that has the nails is in complete control of their their own nails destiny. I don't want to discount the role that genetics might play because I do think that's a significant part of it. It's all about good habits and good routines with your nails. I know a lot of people have probably struggled to keep up with their nail routines, not being able to get regular manicures, pedicures over the last year. Um, I know that can be tough for people. I myself have struggled with nail health over the last year, I would say. So I'm not really in the best position to give advice, but I have had times in my life where I have had healthy nails. So it's just not picking at them. It's, it's cutting them when you have activities to do. I think that's really important as well. Sometimes you forget until you're doing the activity and you think really wish I'd cut my fingernails before I stuck my hand into this bowling ball. I've done that before. So yeah, healthy habits. I've heard that eating Brazil nuts is supposed to be good for your nails because they're high in selenium. That's a true fact. And you only have to eat like one a day and they're supposed to help. Hmm. I don't do that. So I can't vouch for if that works, but I have heard other people say that that is a real thing that can help your nails and your hair. You mentioned like, say they're going to have an activity, you're going to go bowling or something. And, and so, you know, I've been in that situation where you're going to do something like, I wish I had done thought about this earlier, but there's also like this weird fine line about like how early should you do it? Do you want to do it like like 15 minutes before you get to a bowling alley? Or, you know, like where's that time span that it makes it, it's more of like the optimal, because sometimes like a fresh cut situation yeah. isn't, doesn't, you're not, you're not yeah. used to it yet. Right. And so it feels weird. Ideally the day before, I would say, because then a lot of times when they're fresh cut, unless you're actively filing them afterwards as well, you're going to have some like weird sharp edges and that might not feel good. I know for toes, I don't know if we're, am I allowed, is it okay if I talk about toes on this podcast as well? Yes, I will include a mention of that in the um, the intro so people are aware of that, but yes. You, so. Okay, yes, I just wanted to, just wanted to clear that up. I want to be mindful of everybody's uh, comfort talking about feet, but you definitely want to cut your toenails the day before you're doing, like, a, okay, well, for me, it's skiing, so shoving your feet into these tight little boots you don't want them to be like the day of you're cutting them. They might be a little like a little tender. It's true. The, uh, I don't think people talk about this enough. Like the, just the, those awkward tender moments you have with your toes. You're trying to, you're trying to, have, it's the worst. It's, 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 it's unsettling at times. I mean, have you ever found yourself on the mountain being like, this is just, this isn't the day I should, I can't do this because of my toes. It's never gotten that bad before, and I do keep a nail clipper in my ski bag now, just in case that ever would be an issue. I've debated keeping a fingernail clipper in my golf bag, but I don't have that many fingernail clippers right now, but it's in my little ski bag. Do you use like a standard 
the pinch type clippy ones versus the normal. Yep. The normal type of clippers. And you have a big one and a little, or we have a big one and a little one. Then we have a cuticle clipper as well, which is like the little sharp angled thing. You know, so if you think about my mom would call it a cuticle nipper, but I don't like that word. So we call it cuticle clipper in this household. Step back for that real quick. You know, as I'm sure you're fully aware, there's kind of a healthy debate in the industry on the topic of nail maintenance when in, versus, say, nail grooming. Mm. Do you see a clear distinction? Like if you were to, like, be on the uh, mm-hmm. sandy beach and you were to draw a line in the sand and be like, that's grooming and this is maintenance for nails. It's clear, Or do you see it more as, like, a Venn diagram and there's a bit of overlap? Oh, definitely a Venn diagram. And I would think cutting and filing is in the middle. Hmm. And I think maintenance by somebody who's not yourself, like, for instance, going and getting a manicure, that feels like grooming to me because it's almost, I mean, it's very optional. I would say most people don't have the option of cutting their fingernails unless you bite them. That's the other option. But I would say grooming, yeah, or aesthetic. If you're painting, that's grooming, but that's not maintenance. So I would say that overlap is just general Cutting, filing, where it's grooming and maintenance. Great. Grooming and, yes, maintenance. Do you kind of subscribe to the belief that people that decorate or use nail polish or tend to be hiding, like willfully ignorant about like what's going on underneath their nails? Yes, particularly with feet. It's a good way to... What's the sort of frequency that you'll... Do you use nail polish or anything like that? Or very honest? So I... In preparation for this conversation, I was kind of reflecting on where I'm at with my nails. And weirdly enough, I realized I have not painted my fingernails once in the last year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I used to paint them quite regularly. I have a full bag of nail polish, and I like to do it myself. I'm not even someone that would really go get manicures. I do get pedicures sometimes, not manicures so much. Um, And I realized that, yeah, it's a quite a soothing, enjoyable activity. And it made me wonder like why I had not sought that out as a source of stress relief, because it seems like something that, you know, you're not looking at a screen. It's an act of self-care, I would say. So it seems like something I should have tapped into over a stressful last year. And I had never done it. No paint on my fingers or toes for the last year, which is kind of crazy. I think I'm on the the other spectrum of I've done it more during, and I wonder if that's just my own worries about how people might perceive her. Yeah. I, I might perceive them as judging me for wearing uh, maybe a color that doesn't, you know, complement my skin tone or something. And that's so. What color would that be for you? Well, it, it varies. I've always really liked kind of like a iridescent, uh, like kind of blue and burgundy type colors. Mm. I've always liked burgundy mm-hmm. is like been a thing. Many, many years ago, this, and this is true, I used to paint houses and I remember one time I had nail polish on and I was driving onto a job site with my boss and another coworker and I was sitting in the middle of like a like a truck bed seat and the what do they call them the, the super whoever was running the that those few uh, buildings of that were being construction whoever was over like he was we stopped and he was kind of like leaning in the window talking to us and he's like what's on your nails and my um <laughs> And I probably was the only one on the job site that had nail polish um, at that time. Yeah. And this was like probably late that. 90s. And my boss said, oh, nail samples. Or uh, paint, paint, <laughs> paint, no, sorry. He said, oh, paint samples. And they laughed and then we drove on and I was like, 
and I, so I think about that whenever I put nail polish on now that like, I'm like, Oh, someone might think these are like, I could, if someone said, what's that on your nails? I'm like, they're pain samples. Cause it's yeah. true. I mean, it's not, That's it's not true. the paint we use yeah. on the, the walls, obviously, but yeah, I went through a heavy nail art phase when I was in college and that was around the time that I, I think my freshman year of college was like the first year that Instagram was out and popular. And many of my early Instagram posts are attempts at nail art where I would like paint designs on or do stencils. And I got really, really into it. And it's one of those things that at the time I remember looking and being like, wow, I'm <laughs> crushing it. I'm so good at this. And then when I look at the photos now, they were not, they were not good. And I cannot <laughs> believe I ever used to have these horrible patterns on my nails and think I'm an artist, but it was a really fun hobby at the time. And again, surprisingly something that I have not tapped into again in the last year as a creative endeavor. I know that you have a dog nail grooming Mm -hmm. slash maintenance or the Venn diagram that, how do you approach that? Is that something you typically defer to professionals or do you have a maintenance plan in place for your own furry animal? I have never cut my dog's nails. We'll be back with our interview with Erica in just a moment. Hi, it's me, Robbie. I wanted to take a moment just to say thank you for making time to listen to the Maintainable Nails podcast. If you're finding these conversations as inspirational as I do, please consider sharing a link amongst your friends right now. Go on. I can wait. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. With that, let's return to our interview with Erica Tafavoti. In, in a way, do you think that those who talk about needing to take their nails or their dogs to get their nails trimmed on a regular basis are not walking their dogs enough? That could be that could be the case. Yeah, I'm not going to say that's always the case. I don't want to make that judgment, but I do wonder if that hmm. might be a factor because I've never had to do it. The exception to that is dogs with dew claws. Well, I guess maybe all dogs have dew claws. I don't know. You do have to cut the dew claw because that doesn't touch the ground. And that's the only one we ever have to cut. And you can tell when it's getting really long on Chewy because if you're roughhouse playing with him, you it will cut you and mm. it will hurt. And that's a sign <laughs> that that needs to get cut. And you don't really, because you don't, you can't look and tell how long it is really. But if he snags you with it, it is. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'd be curious if like, you felt like prior to the pandemic, you were using nail polish as a way to communicate or with other people without having to actually talk to them, but just like, it's a, it's a form of expression or however you might label that in your, in, in your space. Do you feel like it's unnecessary or do you feel like your mental health has kind of correlated to the nail polish or lack thereof situation over the last year? Hmm. I think for me, I don't know that it was communicating messages to people, but it was a form of dressing up. So a nicely done set of nails is a nice accent to a nice outfit, maybe some jewelry, something like that. So I don't know that it was communicating a message, but it was a signal of perhaps something fancy. And I do also want to note that I do take photos of food, often which have my hands in the photos. And so having nicely maintained nails was important because that meant that your hand in the photo would look quite a bit nicer 
And I have relied in the past on friends of mine who have very nice nails, nicer than mine, to be the hand model in my food photos. Of course, now I am not dining out very much, if at all, and I'm not taking photos of food. So my hands are not needed as an accent piece like they used to be. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about the hand model aspect there. Yes, that's a real thing. Like if I'm going to hold a can or a drink or an ice cream cone or something like that, I make sure that my nails are going to be done beforehand. But again, not doing a ton of that right now. You know, back on that whole nail grooming versus maintenance thing, if you know you're going to have an event to go to in a day or two, Mm -hmm. what sort of decisions do you make about how you approach them knowing that you do you feel like there's short-term trade-offs you're making that are actually maybe necessarily not something you would typically want to do on a regular basis because the long-term health of your nails could be offset by like, well, I've got a big event on Saturday night. I'm going to get dressed up. I'm going to do my nails in a certain way, but I, I need to obviously remove it on Sunday or Monday so that I can get my nails back on course with you know. Well, I don't think, no, I mean, nail polish isn't bad for your nails. So you can leave it on. If anything, I think I'm less prone to breaking a nail when I have the added like multiple layers of nail polish and a top coat, which adds a decent amount of density to your nails. Because I actually know I've never gotten a gel manicure before. I'm not sure if gel manicures have come up in previous conversations you've had about nails before, but they no, I haven't. add a lot of thickness to your nails and you're very, very much less prone to breaking a nail because of the added density. So I actually think that applies for nail polish as well. So if I'm going to paint my nails, I'm going to leave it on for as long as it can stay on, which is usually at least a week. That's, that's helpful to know, you know. Toenail polish can stay on for about six months. I know that some people, and do you, do you, have you ever done the thing where, you know, like on a weekly basis, you might reapply or, or a new coat to the new nail that's grown so you can kind of track the how long your nail polish has been on. So it's kind of like tracking like the rings of a tree. Oh. It's like it's slightly adding a new. Mm. No, I've never done that. I, me neither. I'm just, would love to meet someone that has. <laughs> um, so if you know it. Yeah. I guarantee there's someone out there that has perhaps someone with very, very long. So I also wanted to talk with you because I know that you're also the host of a podcast called Unwell with Erica, which you've started during this pandemic. Yes. And I'm curious if you've had the opportunity to speak with any other experts in the field of nails on your show yet. I have not. That has not been a requested topic. I'm not opposed to it. I actually do have a nail artist that is on my list of people I would like to someday interview. Shout out to Top Knot Nails on Instagram. Could you give a, a, for the audience a quick overview of what you kind of topics you do cover on your podcast? Yeah, so Unwell with Erica is candid conversations about mental health and wellness from a personal and professional perspective. And I throw in the personal and professional part to speak to the fact that I am not only talking with therapists, yoga instructors, people that have sort of a uh, teaching lens on mental health, but I also talk to normal people, average Joes, if you will about their own mental health journeys. So people that have had something that they've overcome in their life, something that they've been dealing with, lessons they've learned from it, and just sharing that with my audience who might have something similar that they've gone through. Excellent. Well, I'll definitely include a link to your podcast in the show notes for the audience so they can follow along with that as well and check it out. Um, And do let me know if you have someone in in the nail spectrum on the show Ideally, like human nail professionals, I'm, I'm less interested in like the, even if they were like an expert with like children nails, that's probably not in my wheelhouse of interest, but 
Um, I feel like I've talked a lot about nails with people that have kids that, well, you're childless, right? I know that's something you've talked about on your podcast and is our nails part of your decision for that? I have heard a lot of horror stories about baby nails. Apparently they're like little daggers and they even have, that's why babies are always in socks and sometimes mm. why they're in little gloves or like is because their tiny nails are too small to cut, but they grow into little daggers. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a, it's not the primary factor, but it's definitely a consideration. Interesting. And it's like the, the onesie type pajamas, mm-hmm. like that way the feet nails, which I know are much um, stronger and probably yeah. the daggers would be much more, um, deadly or at least scratchy. Um, so I just, you know, the kids are unpredictable and they can't, they can't tell you how they're feeling. So if they're upset with you, they could just hurt you, um, mm-hmm. with their nails. It's scary. And, and, the, and their hands go everywhere. So yeah, I think you know where I'm going with it. So I think we both kind of align on some of that. At least that's the, what I picked up from having listened to some of the episodes of your podcast. Yeah. When I see the paper towel commercials where the baby just dumps food all over the house. And then it shows the parent wiping it up with the bounty paper towel or whatever brand of paper towel they, they choose. I'm a Viva person myself, recent convert to Viva paper towels, not sponsored. This is not sponsored by Viva paper towels. I am not sponsored by them. I wish I was, uh, but they're great paper towels. But when I watch those commercials and I see the kids with the exploded spaghetti all over, it just makes my stomach turn. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. Cleaning mm. up all that spaghetti. It's just, it's a nightmare scene for me. Yeah. And then how does that then impact your nails? Like, do you put gloves on before you clean that up to yeah. protect your nails when you're cleaning? Cleaning products. Those are not good for nails. No. Bleach, that's bad for nails. I can confidently say that. Do you have a, like, go-to glove that gloves that you recommend? Or do you wear gloves? Is it an assumption? Or do you pay someone else to touch cleaning products? Oh, no. I, I, I don't do a lot of cleaning in this house. So my partner does most of the dishwashing or scrubbing that would damage nails. I will make one note about gloves. He is a large person, so he needs size extra large gloves to when he's washing dishes because he is somebody that wears gloves sometimes when he washes dishes. And one thing we found was several grocery stores that we went to did not carry gloves larger than a small or a medium, mm. which to me felt a little sexist. But they did not have large size gloves as if a man was not going to be wearing them. So I, I can attest that I went to a Target about a little over a year ago and I was getting some cleaning supplies and they did not have anything more than small or medium gloves. And I've been cleaning the bathroom with two small gloves for at least a year because I'm the one that's responsible for cleaning the like doing the dirty, yeah. like the big things like the, the tub and tiles mm-hmm. in the bathroom and the mm-hmm. shower and stuff like that. And so I I squeeze my fingers in them and it hurts in a different way, I suppose. My ego more than anything. Yeah. We had to, we had to order them on Amazon. I sh- while I'm thinking about this, I should place an order. So if you could just hold on for a second, I'm going to pop up my... What brand do, are you typically buying? Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't buy them. Well, people don't want to listen to me. Well, you just go look on Amazon real quick here. Nope. As we wrap things up, a couple of quick last questions for you, Erica. Um, is there a book that you would recommend to our audience. I didn't prepare a book to read at some point in your future. I don't read a lot of books. I can tell you the book that I just picked up from the library that everyone has, uh, suggested to me that I'm finally reading. I don't know if I can suggest it yet, but I just picked up radical candor from the library. Oh, 
All right. It is not about nails, so it's probably not very on brand for this podcast. I'm not really sure why I'm suggesting it, but yeah, that's the one I'm about to tackle next. So the book that I am reading right now is called Mama's Last Hug, and it's about animal evolution and how humans and animals are alike. It talks a lot about chimpanzee research and stuff like that. Well, definitely include links to both of those in the show notes for the audience. And with that, Erica, it's been such a delight having you join us on Maintainable Nails and talking shop with us. Thank you. 